0: Good morning, welcome to the Boiling Springs Baptist Church, we are glad that you are here with us today, that you have chosen to worship with us. Our youth softball team has been playing all year. We had 22 uh, youth on the roster this season, which is a huge team. Uh, everybody got a chance to play this year. everybody got a chance to play every game. We are extremely proud that yesterday, as we had our tournament that Boiling Springs Baptist youth walked away as champions. We won the championship yesterday. myself and Kenny Collins and Zach Dobbins. It has been an honor to coach this team this year. Our trophy is placed up here in the sanctuary. We'll probably just leave it here you know, for the next year or so uh, until we get another one. Um, but our youth are here this morning. If you guys will stand up. If you are on the softball team, we want to recognize you this morning. This is just the second year that, that our youth, that these guys have played softball. And so to be able to win the championship in our second year is pretty impressive. And uh, also on an exciting note is that we have no seniors. And so the whole team will be back next year to, to play with us. And so we are so proud of you guys and we wanted to recognize you in church this morning. We are glad that you are here with us today. We are glad that you have chosen to worship with us on this Pentecost Sunday. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit would fill this room, that the Holy Spirit would fill this place, and that we would prepare our hearts for worship this morning.
1: the prayer. And then the response following the prayer is a sung response that I'm sure you're familiar with. With rushing wind and holy fire, with tongues of flame and hopes rekindled, with visions birthed and dreams restored, with spacious grace and death untold. Come, O Spirit, come. With rushing wind and holy fire. Come, O Spirit, come. Spirit of Pentecost, blow open the the doors of our shuttered hearts and set our tongues free to proclaim your prayers. Bestow your gifts on all people that our youth may have vision. Our elders may dream dreams, and our sons and daughters may call us. Blow into our lives and renew us as people of faith, that we may find the strength and courage to
2: be the people you call us to be. Amen.
3: Three through thirteen. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone in it is the same God at work. Now, to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To so one there is given through the Spirit. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink.
1: Our hymn is number 242, Pentecostal Power, 242. If you are able, please stand and join me in singing.
4: I want to read a scripture to you this morning that I think we have all heard many times before. The very first sentence in the very first book of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Next Sunday is Vacation Bible School and we are going to go where? Where?
2: outer
4: we're going to outer space now all some of you I have three James did you get one can you put your telescope up nope okay all right we got our telescopes here and we're ready and we're going to be looking into the dark at the stars and the constellations, like the Big Dipper and the Little Dipper, but we're gonna be looking at things that God has created. So you can see on our scarf here some of the things he's made. You can look through it. Can Can you keep it? We'll think about it. Can you tell me what you see through your telescope? That is a star constellation, and it says promised. Does God promise something to us every day? Yeah. What does God promise? He's going to take care of us. Did he take care of you this week? Yes. I know some of us had a rough week this week. E O G's. Grady is shaking his head just like this. Do you know what, Grady? They're gone, aren't they? They're done. So now we can look forward to Friday, end of school. Yes, we know you're already celebrating and that's awesome too. You're out of school too. Well, these right here have got to finish school this week. But next Sunday afternoon, I want to see each and every one of you out here ready to celebrate the beginning of Vacation Bible School. All right. And in order to do that, and so that you will remember, and I know you probably won't use that this week at school because you probably won't get a pencil out of your book bag, will you? All right, there's a pencil for each of you that has got the stars and the constellations on it so you can have it and remember it. And I have a sticker sheet here that you can put together with all kinds of stars and shapes and people so that you can remember that next Sunday afternoon starts Bible school. Bring a friend, because we're going to be looking at the stars and looking at the wonderful universe that God has created, that He's promised us, He's taken care of us, and He's provided for us. Let's pray. Dear Lord, this is your day, the day that you have made. Lord we are blessed with these beautiful smiling faces. We are blessed with our children, our families, our church. As we enter into a time of rest for them, as school is ending, summer is beginning, and as we are going to enter into Vacation Bible School, we ask a special blessing on the children that will come, the teachers who will lead them, and you will take care of us. We ask these things through your son's name, Jesus. Amen.
5: For those of you don't that don't know me, my name is Dawn and I'm your daycare director here. We wanted to let you know of a couple exciting things that are going on in daycare in the next couple of weeks. So first, this coming Friday is our spring program and daycare graduation, and for the first time, we are gonna have a supper after graduation, and we would like to invite any of you that would like to come and eat and fellowship with us and get to know some of the families that we've served for a long time. So if you're willing to come and eat with us and fellowship, please let Betsy or Heidi or myself know We're trying to get a head count, and if you could let us know tomorrow or by Tuesday, we would appreciate it. If you've never seen a daycare program and a a graduation, you're really missing it. So if you can come at 6.15 Friday evening, we would love to see you here. The second thing is that for the first time ever, daycare is gonna have a Bible school for all the kids that attend daycare here. So our Bible school will be the week following your, your Bible school for like two hours every morning and we're gonna go through the whole thing. We're gonna march them in and go through the pledges and take them back and do the different things that you guys do at Bible school, just in a condensed version. So if you're helping with church's Bible school or if you just have a little time in the mornings and would like to come and assist with some crafts, a few things like that, we would love that. If some of the youth would like to come and help do some of the PE activities, just let me know. But that is an exciting time and Ellen and I are really excited to be able to do that. It's just never, we've never done that before. So any support that you guys can give us, we would greatly appreciate. Thank you.
6: Thank you, Don. We appreciate what you do here for our kids, what you've helped do for many kids over the years in our community. Harry and Sherwin Washburn, and great-grandparents Eugene and Betty Washburn. And I'm sure there's other family members that I could put in there as well, but we rejoice with the Washburn family and the birth of Claire Jane this morning. Also, we're glad to have Lynn Surratt here this morning after uh, we've been missing you for a few weeks after a successful back surgery, and glad you're back with us. As we turn to the Lord in prayer, we do want to remember G.H. Walton. Some of you have heard over the last few days, but G.H. has melanoma in the eye. And he will be going tomorrow, he and Barbara, to Duke and we will begin some treatment on Tuesday at Duke for this and we will be gone a few days. So please be in prayer for G.H. and Barbara during this time. Uh, They would very much appreciate that. Also, we'd like to extend sympathy to Bud Hamrick and the passing of his sister, Carol Lou Hunsinger. And there's also other family members as well uh, in our church uh, related here. And so we certainly extend our love and sympathy and concern right now for this family. I would venture to say that many of you, all of us in the room, have something on our hearts or minds this morning uh, that, um, that uh, we, we carry with us, whether it's a concern from school or with friends or uh, with family or with our place of employment or something in our community or world. And so let us pause for just a few minutes of silence, and then I will lead us in our prayer time together. Let's pray. God, we're grateful for your Holy Spirit that is in this place this morning. You tell us in your word where two or three are gathered, there you are in our midst. So Father, we thank you for being here with us today. We thank you for hearing our prayers and our praises, our concerns, Lord, whether they're mentioned, uh, Lord, with our voices uh, through uh, spoken words or through song. Lord, we we thank you, Lord, for your presence here with us today. We each come in here today, Lord, with different needs. And, Father, my prayer is that you would meet each one of us today at the point of our need. Some of us are struggling with family decisions and problems at home. And, Lord, we just pray that you would minister and guide and lead those as they work and navigate uh, life. Lord, we pray for those uh, with school and testing coming up and decisions that need to be made, Lord, with some about colleges and with um Uh, Lord, just direction in life, maybe it's uh, career paths uh, or or, uh, different options are before us or before certain ones today, Lord. And so we pray for wisdom and guidance. Father, we pray for those that are dealing with loss, that you would be their great comforter. You tell us that your Holy Spirit uh, is that great comforter. And Father, I pray that you would be that for those who are dealing with loss. Father, for those who are dealing with new tests and new news from the doctor, Father, for GH, we pray that, Lord, you would just encourage him in the midst of, Father, just continual health concerns, that Lord, that you would bless him and Barbara this week with your peace and with your presence, with traveling mercies as they travel to Duke. Father, we rejoice with the Washburn family. We rejoice with Lynn Surratt. Father, we know of others that are going through serious health concerns, those within our nursing facilities, those may be at home this morning. And Lord, we pray that you would be the God of all comfort. And, uh, Lord, that you would bring healing there as well. God, we have so much to rejoice over. We do thank you for your goodness and your grace towards each of us. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and the grace that he extends to each of us. Father, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Teach us more about your Holy Spirit. And, Father, help us to be people, Lord, who speak words of comfort, words of hope, words of healing, challenging wor- words of challenge to others, Lord, that... Uh, Lead us, lead our voices, Lord, uh, through the power of your Holy Spirit. And Father, not only our voices, but lead our actions. Lead us to act in ways that exemplify to whom we belong. Father, we commit this service to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Our hymn is number 243, Sweet, Sweet Spirit, 243. If you are able, please stand and join in singing.
0: Will you pray with me? Dear Lord, we thank you for this day and the opportunity to come and worship you. As we move into this time of offering, we ask that you allow us to be generous givers, dear Lord, not only in our offering, but in our lives, so that we may truly make a difference in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
6: If you have your Bibles, so I want turn to your pew Bible. I will be reading from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. But before I read that, I want to remind you of the words of Christ in Acts 1.8. He says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. The Holy Spirit was promised in Acts 1.8. And we see the Holy Spirit coming in great power in Acts 2. I'll be reading, though, from the New American Standard. It will not match what's on your screen today or there in your pew Bible. But uh, Acts 2, beginning at verse 1, "...when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting." And there appeared to them tongues as a fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered, because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language." They were amazed and astonished saying, why are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we each hear them in our own language to which we were born? Parthenians and Medes and Eliamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phygia, Pamphylia, and Egypt and the districts of Libya around Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Cretians and Arabs, we hear them in our own tongues speaking of the mighty deeds of God. And they all continued in amazement and great perplexity, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others were mocking and saying, they are full of sweet wine. Verse 14, but Peter, taking his stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them, men of Judea and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words." For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel, that it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth my spirit on all mankind. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will be in those days... I will in those days pour forth of my spirit and they shall prophesy. I will grant wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. May God add his blessing to the reading and preaching of his word this morning. No. Yeah. You to uh, ask a favor of you. If you have your bulletin this morning, I'd like for you to, to grab that and look at the front cover of your bulletin this morning. And on the little welcome statement down there, it says, a few lines down, it says, simply put, we are ordinary people. Last week we spoke about the disciples, ordinary men. Remarkably ordinary men. When you read the scriptures, you learn of their flaws and their imperfections. But I propose to you this morning, when it says here, simply put, we, talking about us, Bowling Springs Baptist Church, we are ordinary people. Um, When we have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us, we can do what it says. We are called to do extraordinary acts in our community, our neighborhood, our state, and in our world. And I propose to you this morning that God is still in the business, or he's still in the work of taking ordinary men and women and empowering them with the Holy Spirit to do great things. I believe that he is doing that in many of our adults. I believe that he's doing that in our youth and in our children. And uh, I don't think we talk enough. And I've I heard something this week that convicted me. I don't think I talk enough about the call of God on someone's life. And I think you may be hearing me talk more about that in the coming days. But I believe that out of the numbers of youth, Alan, that we have. I believe that there are some youth who will be called in the coming days uh, into ministry. And I believe of, of, the, of the children that we see frequent our church, that there will be others, and maybe even in the daycare, Don, uh, that God is preparing now as a three and four-year-old uh, to one day serve. And so I am excited about that. But um, just something the Lord has placed on my heart this week. Today's message is called The Birthday of the Church. And however, uh, the sermon, as the sermon was coming together, I thought about calling it Earth, Wind, and Fire. And some of you would remember that band, Earth, Wind, and Fire. I saw them on Good Morning America this week. I don't know if any of you saw them on Good Morning America, but my understanding is they're beginning to some major tour this summer with the Eagles and Fleetwood Mac and the Doobie Brothers and all these bands that I don't really know that well, but some of you do. Um, but uh, I, saw, I thought about calling the sermon Earth, Wind, and Fire because we've read about the, this violent rushing wind that, that came in on the day of Pentecost. And then we read about these tongues of fire that rested upon them. I don't know exactly what that looked like, but you can imagine with me about possibilities. But as that wind came in and settled in among them, as the tongues of fire settled among them and rested upon them, as it says in the scripture, we know what happens as a result of that, that it affected and changed the entire earth. We see that and we are still evidence, that is still evident within our world today. Acts is written by the gospel writer, Luke. Sometimes it's referred to as Uh, Luke-Acts. Some people jump or will will, uh, put those two together. But in Luke 1.35, he reminds us that the birth of Jesus and the birth of the church have similarities. And the most obvious is that both stories begin with the arrival of the Holy Spirit. I heard someone talk this morning in our men's Bible study And we're going to see that today, as the Holy Spirit didn't just all of a sudden appear at Pentecost. The manifestation and the power of the Holy Spirit appeared at Pentecost, but the Holy Spirit has been eternally has been with us since the beginning of eternity, uh, and was manifested in ways and in men and in women uh, throughout time, as we will see this morning as well. But in chapter one of Acts, where we were last week, that we see the resurrected Jesus was with the disciples for forty days. He commanded them to wait. In Jerusalem for the coming of what the father had promised and again in Acts 1 8 he says you will receive power this word power is dunamis it's where we get our root for the word dynamite we often say dynamo or um, dynamic and it comes from the Greek word dunamis or you will receive the dunamis the power uh, will come upon you when the Holy Spirit comes upon you you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem Judea Samaria and to the ends of the earth We see later in Acts 1 where Jesus ascended to heaven. And now the disciples obediently wait in Jerusalem. We looked at and talked about this waiting and what happened during this waiting period last week. But in chapter 1, the disciples were waiting for the coming of the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 2, we see the Holy Spirit coming. And not only did the Holy Spirit come, but he came in dunamis. He came with might. He came with power in ways that the world and that the believers had never seen. We refer to this day today as Pentecost. I was asked this week, why the red on the cross in the prayer garden? I don't think we've done that before. I heard from someone. Today is Pentecost Sunday, and some, some years we really emphasize that fact. The other years the preacher or the service may be leaning, leaning in a different direction, but today we are emphasizing Pentecost Sunday, and the church colors are red to symbolize the fire. That was present at Pentecost, hence the red on the pulpit, the red on the cross, the red by some of those in staff today. And the word Pentecost, the word penta means five. You know that if you think of uh, the Pentagon, the, five, the, the, odd five shape, the odd five-sided building there in Washington, D.C., and then cost the day of, the day of five. But to the Jews, this is the day of 50. It occurred 50 days after Passover, Jesus, of course, the trial and resurrection happened during Passover. And then 50 days later, we have Pentecost, 10 days after the ascension, after Jesus ascended to heaven, the disciples were obediently waiting. And he says, wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Uh, This Pentecost can also be referred to as the Feast of Weeks. It was a time when the Jewish people gathered in Jerusalem and brought their their grain offerings for that first harvest. It was here at this time this day of Pentecost, this day that was significant for the Jews. It was at this time in this place and with such great diversity of languages present that the Holy Spirit came with dunamis, that the Holy Spirit came with great power and authority. Many are familiar with the term and the expression game changer. Some of the youth may have used that this year in softball because the game was going one way and all of a sudden because of a great hit or a great defensive play, either one, that was a game changer that turned things around. The Holy Spirit coming at Pentecost was a game changer in the life of the church of Jesus Christ. So the question that I wanna ask is, what does all this mean? It was actually mentioned in the text. It says, when it talked about the Spirit coming, it says, so they were asking, so what does this mean? One of the best ways to make sense of things that are sometimes indescribable or that we can't make sense of is through symbols. The Holy Spirit has given us help to understand what this day of Pentecost could mean, or does mean. In Gordon Brownville's book, Symbols of the Holy Spirit, he tells about the great Norwegian explorer, explorer Roald Amundsen, the first to discover the North Pole and South Pole. And on one of his trips, he took a homing pigeon with him. And when he had finally reached the top of the world, he opened the bird's cage and set it free. And imagine the delight of his wife, back in Norway, when she looked up from the doorway of her home and saw the pigeons circling in the sky above. No doubt, she exclaimed, he's alive. My husband is still alive. So it was when Jesus ascended that he was gone, but the disciples clung to this promise to send them the Holy Spirit. And what joy then when the dove-like Holy Spirit descended at Pentecost. The disciples had with them the continual reminder that Jesus was and is alive and victorious at the right hand of the Father. And this continues to be the Spirit's message today. Symbols have a way of helping us sometimes describe the indescribable. They help us have a way of putting uh, our words and our thoughts into a form of communication by by communicating with a symbol. Many of you use symbols every day. Many of you are using symbols more frequently, especially the younger generation. Uh, A lot of adults are doing it as well with texting, And with uh, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you use, uh, we call them what? We may not call them symbols, we call them emojis, right? And uh, during the sermon today, you'll see uh, a couple emojis pop up, symbols pop up uh, here in just a moment. But these are ways, again, to help us describe the indescribable. I propose this morning that we must look at Pentecost through two main symbols. These symbols are symbols that we've read in our text, symbols that the disciples were given. In verses 2 and 3 of Acts chapter 2, it says, And suddenly there came from heaven noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house while they were sitting. Some of you have been through, I've not lived through a hurricane. Some of you have lived maybe through a hurricane or a tornado. Uh, I know those have had a history here in Boiling Springs. I was coming back into Boiling Springs back in the 90s when uh, the tornado came through that uh, devastated many parts of Oak Avenue and, and parts of Boiling Springs. But I imagine for those who have lived through a tornado, it would have been similar to this wind sound that was referenced here by Luke in Acts chapter two, this violent rushing wind. Wind in the ancient languages of Hebrew, Greek and even Latin the word for spirit was also the word used for wind, or oftentimes the breath of God. I believe the Hebrew word is ruach, and my, somebody I won't say who somebody was making fun of me for the way I said that a few weeks. In Hebrew, that's the way they encourage you to say it. You almost have to say it with this wind. It takes wind to say that word in the Hebrew, ruach of God, the breath of God. And it's unfortunate that we speak of Acts two as the coming of the Holy Spirit. Yes. God, or Jesus did say to go and to wait for what the father had promised. But the danger is that we may think that the Holy Spirit came into existence at this time. And we, uh, we of course, know that not to be the case. God is eternally and has been God, the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. Genesis 2, 7, God breathed the breath of life into man, we know this: the wind that swept over creation and the breath that was breathed into man was once again bringing something to life. Here in Acts chapter two, the church. Ezekiel thirty-seven, very uh, popular passage in this obscure book of Ezekiel. Uh, we don't know much about, or you may not know much about Ezekiel, but we remember if we talk about the valley of the dry bones, we like, oh yes, I remember that. Ezekiel chapter thirty-seven. As new life entered into these dead and lifeless bones, God's breath was breathing upon those present at Pentecost and breathing something new to life. Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verses 5 and 8, he was alive, but not spiritually alive. Just as today, if a person is to be saved, God must breathe into him or her, his Holy Spirit, just like he breathed into them at creation. We see and read that story of Nicodemus about the wind blowing there in Nicodemus uh, chapter, or excuse me, in John three. But also, we read of the Spirit that moves among us, and it's made evident there as we read that story of John in John three of Nicodemus. The Holy Spirit is also present at Jesus's baptism. We often use the, the, uh, uh, the dove uh, as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. It's been used, I think, in, of course, in your bulletin and on the slides this morning. But we see that dove and hear of that and have reference of that dove representing the Holy Spirit of God there at Jesus' baptism. So we have the symbol of the wind, and we also have the symbol of fire, the other emoji or symbol. Symbol of divine presence is what it represented to the Hebrew people in the Old Testament. We have the um, Moses on Mount Sinai, and God's presence was symbolized by fire and thunder. Later at the burning bush, when God spoke to Moses and the people of Israel were led with a, with a cloud by day and fire by night. We could go on and on. There are other examples that we could give of fire used throughout the scriptures. Verse three says, and there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves and they rested on on each one of them. I was reading and hearing from other commentators and preachers this week about what that could have looked like. And we don't need to go into all the different ways that that could have happened, but some say it rested on their heads. Some say that it was this fire that was visible uh, coming forth from their mouths. And, and um, we can only imagine the many different ways that that could have looked like. But when the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, enters a person, it gives him or her the ability to speak outwardly, regarding what has been given them or what has transpired in them inwardly and they're able to speak about Christ. Hebrews eleven twenty nine. the author says our God is a consuming fire. What does fire do? Fire does several things one of which it brings light and the Holy Spirit does that when he comes into our life when that Holy Spirit is strong in our life. And when we begin to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit, when we uh, go about our daily lives sometimes, and we're aware of that Spirit's presence in our life, the Holy Spirit brings light to our hearts and to our souls in the sense of when, when light happens, when, when light comes into a room, it reveals what's there. The good things that are there, but also the things that are not so good. The fire, the Holy Spirit brings light. The Holy Spirit and the fire also brings warmth Warmth, this has relationship, uh, significance in relationship to the Spirit. We know uh, in John 14, 26, that it talks about the Holy Spirit being our comforter. Many of you know far greater than I what that's like in the midst of life's difficulties and trials and, and difficult circumstances to have the presence of the Holy Spirit. You don't know how your dilemma and how your circumstances are going to play out, but yet you know and you feel the power and the presence of God Almighty through the power of his Holy Spirit that's with you in the midst of those difficulties. So the, fu- so the fire can also represent the warmth that the Holy Spirit can bring, but it can also represent fire, and the fire can also represent the, the, the intense heat sometimes as well that a fire can bring. The heat of the fire consumes the dross, as it talks about in the Old Testament. The heat of the fire purifies and it takes impurities out of whatever element, whatever thing we're dealing with and gives us the pure s- sustenance of what is put into the flames. The heat can also mark the zeal that many believers' lives are characterized by. We know in Revelation, I believe it's chapter two into one of the churches, it talks about, I desire not that you be, uh, uh, you are not hot or cold, but you are lukewarm. And I know that the Spirit of God desires of us that we be aflame with, I mean, that God desires that we be aflame with the Holy Spirit as it consumes us. As it leads us to be the people that He has called us to be. While we're here in Acts two, I want to just address quickly two things. That uh, if if I touch on something here in the next few minutes that needs further conversation with you, I would invite you to call me, contact me this week, and we could talk more about this because we simply don't have the time on a Sunday morning to do this. But the issue of speaking in tongues—we uh, haven't talked about that. I haven't addressed speaking in tongues. That's not something that we do here at Boiling Springs Baptist Church but we see it here in Acts chapter two. And what do we do with it? What do we, where do we go with this? Um, What what, what is this stuff about speaking in tongues? Um, Scripture tells us they, they speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse six says, and when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. The question is, when the apostles speak in other tongues, are they speaking in ecstatic, unintelligible, unintelligible speak, as speech as Paul references in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14? Or are they speaking in many intelligible languages of the foreign peoples gathered in Jerusalem? We see here that there's certainly evidence for them speaking in languages. Uh, he goes through a long list and a very detailed list of the, the um the, uh, the the uh, Parthians and the Medes and the Elamites and the people from Mesopotamia, and Judea and Cappadocia, and Pontius and Asia. He goes through a detailed list of different countries and the different languages that are spoken. But we see here an evidence for both interpretations. In verses six and seven, again they heard they, those that were gathered there heard them in their own language. But then in verse 13, if that was the case, he, Paul also, or the, excuse me, Luke also writes, but others mistook them as drunk. My conviction on the tongues is a lot of what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 18. He did say, Paul did, that he speaks in tongues. But he says in verse 19, however, in the church, I desire to speak five words with my mind so that I may instruct others also rather than a thousand words in a tongue. This is worthy of more conversation. If we were having a Sunday night Bible study or Wednesday night Bible study, I would welcome your feedback and input, but that's often hard to do on a Sunday morning in this setting. But um, many of you, uh, some of you in the room have been exposed to churches that, and, and to individuals that uh, speak in tongues or that have a history with this. And I would welcome a conversation with you about that if you should desire that. The second issue is some believe that after salvation, one can have a separate baptism of the Holy Spirit. Many believe that it's this second baptism of the Holy Spirit that allows one to speak in tongues, but also is further proof and evidence of one's salvation. You can't truly be saved, some believe, unless you have this baptism of the Holy Spirit and have spoken in tongues. The term being filled with the Spirit that Luke Luke mentions here in Acts chapter 2, he mentions it twice. Once the room, the place being filled with the Holy Spirit. And the second is regarding the people being filled with the Holy Spirit. My belief based on scripture is that the Spirit comes into each of us at salvation. There are times where this spirit uh, manifests itself in greater ways than each of our lives, but I believe according to the scriptures, and I'll read two here this morning, that when we accept Christ as our Savior, at that moment, the Holy Spirit enters into our lives. First Corinthians 12, verse 13, Paul wrote, "'For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit.'" In Romans 8, 9, Paul wrote, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in fact the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. I think you would agree with me that the degree to which we possess the spirit is conditioned by the kind of people that we are. It means that anyone who's honestly trying to do the will of God will experience more and more of the wonder of the spirit. There's many things that we could go into, long list of things that hinder the Spirit of God in our lives. Things, sin, first of all, things that distract us from our relationship with God, hinder us from living and walking and and, and, and doing life in the Spirit. But the question again today for you, for us, for me, for our church, is where are we today? And how much is the Holy Spirit allowed to have the freedom? Or is the Holy Spirit allowed to have freedom in our heart and in our lives, in our daily decisions? And the first question we need to ask is, do we know the Lord? Has there been a time in our life where we put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation? And if you have, the Holy Spirit is living within you this morning. Chuck Swindoll, a preacher that some of you have heard, has said, the Acts is the only unfinished book of the Bible. We are still writing the history of the church day by day. I want to read to you, and this may uh, later this summer be the final sermon in the Book of Acts. But I love the last verse of Acts. This is a verse that you and I are continuing to live out, if the Spirit of God is alive and active in uh, in our lives. In verse thirty and thirty-one, Luke writes, "He stayed." This is talking about Paul. He stayed two full years in his own rented quarters and was welcoming all who came to him. This was near the end of his life. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness unhindered. I love that. The spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit, is desiring to continue to speak, to preach, to be lived out, to be communicated through you and through me and through the church today. Are we open? Are we allowing the Holy Spirit to do that in each of us? The problem is in many of us are like, uh, it's a little bit like our cars and trucks. We can only go so long before we're running on empty. In order for our cars to continue to do what they do, we have to fill them up with gas. And the same is true for you and me spiritually. In order to be who God has called us to be, in order for us to do what God has called us to do, we must seek ways, we must seek avenues and paths for the Holy Spirit to fill us as well. We can do this on our own with our own personal times of devotion. We can do this through worship, through Bible study, through surrounding ourselves with fellow friends and believers who uh, desire spiritual growth. We can do it through listening to music, through praise time, through worship. We can do it through many different avenues. But what are we doing to fill our lives with more and more of the Holy Spirit so that it can be manifested in greater ways in and through us, so that we are people who are recognized as having been with Jesus. I love that. We'll see that later in Acts this summer as well. Can you and I be recognized as people that have been with Jesus? I joked at the beginning of my sermon about earth, wind, and fire. We've got the wind and the fire, and yes, thank you, we now have the earth. And I proposed to you this morning that when we allow the wind of the Spirit, the breath, the ruach of God, to fill us and to breathe into our lives, when we allow the spiritual flames of the Holy Spirit to be kindled within us so that we're walking in the Spirit, it affects the earth. And by affecting the earth, it affects boiling springs. And when we travel away from boiling springs, it affects other communities and believers all over our state, our nation, and our world. The world is forever changed because of God's people, many of which who go into remote places of the earth, often difficult places to minister and serve. Is the wind of God breathing into your life? Are you allowing him to do that through personal times of devotion? Are you allowing him to do that through worship, through service? And are you allowing those flames, the Spirit of God represented at Pentecost here as tongues of fire, Are you allowing that fire to be kindled within you today so that we can leave this world a better place? Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you that when you came at Pentecost, it wasn't something that went unnoticed, but Father, it was something that all languages and that all people, sons, daughters, the old and the young, Father, were aware of. And Lord, it was at that time and at that moment when these ordinary, these remarkably ordinary men that we call the disciples and and now apostles. You breathed into them and Lord we see and know the imperfections of Peter but yet we see later in Acts chapter two where Peter stood in the midst of an angry crowd wanting to know the answers and he preached Jesus. We know of, of instances where all of the other disciples traveled away from Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth many of which we know from church history gave their lives for the sake of Jesus Christ. That these ordinary men, who at times ran away when the pressure was on, were men who gave their life for the cause of Christ. Father, fill us this morning with a renewing, or with the renewal of your Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to not just continue on with business as usual, but Lord, fill us with this dunamis, this power that you talk about in Acts 1-8. And Lord, we know that when you do, you tell us that we will be your witnesses in Boiling Springs, in Cleveland County, in the Piedmont, throughout North Carolina, the United States, and throughout our world. Father, we confess that we are often like the disciples. We know we have turned our backs at times. We know we have run away. We know we've not spoken or done what we needed to do. And so, Father, we confess those times to you this morning. And, Father, we pray that you would not only cleanse us, as you promised us, if we will confess our sins to you, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, fill us individually with your Holy Spirit and continue to manifest that spirit here in our worship services and in the ministry of Boiling Springs Baptist Church. Father, we're grateful for your son, Jesus Christ, and for this mighty, mighty gift of your spirit that's given to believers. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you've never allowed the spirit of God to come into your life in a very personal way, I'd love to talk with you about that more than anything this morning. And I invite you to come as we stand and sing about the breath of God this morning. If you desire church membership, I would invite you to come as well. Let's stand and sing together. If you would like to go out with some on the church van and other cars, we'll be going to different places in Bowling Springs, inviting children to come to Bible school, which begins next Sunday. So as you talk to family and and coworkers that have children, please remind them and and we can provide some flyers for you if you would like that as well. Uh, Let me just say as well that we need some help moving all of the furniture monitors and everything off of the platform immediately following the service so all of these strong softball players and young men or women that would like to help with this um, we would welcome your assistance in moving this and preparing for our daycare graduation which is next friday so please remember that as well and um, we're grateful uh, that you're here today may god bless you this week and then we'll turn it over to the choir
1: um, in the honor of Pentecost and the Spirit binding us together, we have a, a new song for the closing of our service during the summer, so the choir will sing it for you today, and then next Sunday we'll